Well, hello there. It's another week, and it's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. By the way, I, I know we have stories to fit, but it's uh, International Clown Week, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm wearing the red nose and floppy shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Biden was doing that. <laughs> well, he does it every day. Yeah, you know, he does. That's his everyday attire. A um, lot of things to talk about. You heard about uh, Nancy Pelosi? Yeah, she's on again, off trip. again trip, but yeah, well, she's, big she, mouth. she's in the air now, and she's headed to Southeast Asia, but she's dropped Taiwan from the itinerary. They're saying she still may go. It just may not be in, you know, written down on paper. Yeah, they did threaten. China did threaten to say, "Look, you know what? We'll fly some uh, some jets over to interfere with the flight. If that doesn't work, we'll do a warning shot. And if that doesn't work, we'll shoot her down." Yeah. Well, that's a pretty good threat. And if I were the president of the United States, I would have sat there and said, "You know what? You do one thing like that." All yeah. bets are off. That's what Donald Trump would have done. I think that no matter what people think about China, oh, it has shiny airplanes and has nice-looking jets and their aircraft carriers are getting bigger, I think technically they're still not on par with us. I think we have some equipment that we've never even seen. So I think it wouldn't be a good day for China. If they attacked I would, us, I would agree. But I, I will say that we've had some. We've always been. We're an empire. Let, let's just face it. We're an empire. Empires they they build to dominate. We've done that. We've done that all along. But with that said, Biden's in office, and since he's been in, he has devastated, uh, you know, the, the military. But he blames it on his predecessor. Everything oh, that he's doing is Trump's fault. <clears throat> this guy has been a disaster since day one. When Donald Trump was president, he had a good relationship with China, but they knew that he was serious, yeah. that, that Trump was not to be trifled with. And I do think that's why they helped to get rid of Trump. I think China was deep down in the, uh, the storyline. You'll find that China was involved with Trump's loss in 2020. I say loss in quotes because I don't think it was legitimate. I think I that think, you'll I find that a lot, lot of people yeah. that were involved with it. Even Hillary, who's uh, you know beating the drums of running again, and she is running whether you like it or not because the, the best candidate the, the Democrats have right now is Kamala at 16%. So everyone's talking about a Kamala-Hillary Ticket, which means Kamala, you're still going to be the VP, but that that will be the biggest disaster that we ever had. I don't see that Kamala is going to be in the mix uh, in the next election. She's not a strong candidate. She can't handle herself in public. She's uh, she hasn't got dementia, but she still she she acts like it sometimes. The well, way she mumbles know. on and on. You know, today is, is today. It's it's not tomorrow, <laughs> and it's not yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes. Kamala, I, I make a lot of sense to myself. <laughs> That's true. Nancy Pelosi, with this China situation, it's not new. It is not a new situation. When Tiananmen Square happened in 1989, and we all probably remember that, um, she went over a couple of years later, maybe two or three years later, with a congressional delegation, and she put some flowers down on a memorial in Tiananmen Square, mm. much to the irritation of the Chinese government. The Chinese people have a very long memory. Now, the, you may say, why would Pelosi get so involved with China? Pelosi's district includes Chinatown in San Francisco, big, big, big area of San Francisco. It's a big part of her, her uh, district. And she had to please her constituents. So she was over there in 1991, 92, uh, making a display, showing her uh, her allegiance with the, with the uh, Chinese people. And uh, here's a report from CBS from that era. Listen. The three U.S. 
Congress members, part of a human rights delegation, said they couldn't leave China without visiting Tiananmen Square to pay their respects to pro-democracy activists slain there two years ago. We've been told for two days now that there's freedom of speech in China. The lawmakers unfurled a small hand-painted memorial banner. There is a memory which still burns bright, and it is a cause which will never die. As they laid three white flowers at the foot of the monument to martyrs, Beijing police moved in. They ordered the Congress members to stop the ceremony and ordered press members to put down their cameras. Police pulled the three U.S. lawmakers aside for questioning and roughed up and detained seven television journalists. The U.S. lawmakers leave Beijing tomorrow. Bill Whitaker, CBS News, Beijing. Now, I play that for a reason. That was 1991. Who was president in 1991? It was George Herbert Walker Bush. Right. She had no problem going over there with a Democratic delegation and essentially putting our country in a an awkward situation. She's done it before. She was young. She was a, a, a different-looking Nancy Pelosi, but it still was Nancy Pelosi. And she still was doing her thing, and the country be damned. So understand that she she could very easily do it again because— she thinks of herself as being um, independent, autonomous. She doesn't need the permission of the president of the United States, especially one like Joe Biden. Well, autonomous is what she thinks. She thinks she's above everybody else. She really does, and she probably is, for all practical purposes, the leader of our country, whether we like it or not, because Joe ain't doing anything. Also, we have a, a cut from Nancy Pelosi about the same time when she came back and held a press conference and she holds up this watch. She really and truly was selling her stance in China. She wanted to make sure the world knew how she felt. And again, remember, China has a long memory, a long memory. The Chinese people, they don't forget. So listen. After the massacre of their children, the Chinese government awarded commemorative watches to, do, to those who did the killing. Well, I have a copy of one of those watches. This is an actual watch that was given by the Chinese Communist Party to each of the soldiers who participated in the crackdown in Tiananmen Square. This watch was smuggled out of China and it was presented to me at a rally in San Francisco over the weekend where we were observing the two-year anniversary of the brutal repression and massacre in Tiananmen Square. And what this watch says is that time is running out for the regressive regime in China. What this watch says... What this watch says to the butchers of Beijing is that you are yesterday and the young people who demonstrated in Tiananmen Square are tomorrow. Time is running out for the butchers of Beijing because what is inconceivable to them is inevitable to those who fought and risked their lives and some gave their lives for democratic reform in China. Again, that is Nancy Pelosi in 1991, and uh, she is a troublemaker. Now, people say, we're in a tough situation now. She kind of has to go to Taiwan. Because if she doesn't go to Taiwan, we look like a weak, weak, feckless government. And people like uh, countries like Japan are going to look at us and say, we're, we're depending on, on the United States to protect us. You know, like we, we're putting all of our, our eggs in their basket. So she's kind of put us in a tough situation. I don't know whether China will shoot her plane down. They've said strange things on this, uh, on this about this trip. They've also said that, oh, and if she were to have uh, any kind of problem with her jet, uh, of course, would come to her aid, and we would escort her to a safe, a safe base, so she could be uh, taken care of, and she wouldn't have a problem. They have th on one hand, they threatened to knock her out of the sky. On the other hand, they they say that they're going to aid her 
should she have a problem? So that's kind of an odd statement to make. Like, yeah. Do, do, is there something that we don't know about that they're getting to do or they're going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Or, or maybe there's a staged thing that's going on here. I don't know. Just there's no way that they can do a warning shot. Oh, well, we forced her plane down. Now they could force the plane down. Let's yeah, think also for let's think for a second about what she's also done. She's put your family and my family uh, in the crosshairs of the Chinese government. People, yeah, people say, "Well, they won't do it." Well, how do you know? I mean they they've been preparing for this for decades. Okay, they haven't stopped preparing to take us on. And are they going to wait until Trump is back in office to do it? First of all, I do think they're going to attack Taiwan. And I think they're going to attack Taiwan probably within the next week? 60 to 90 days. Probably the next week. But I'm, I'm, I'm stretching it out a bit. I think it'll happen before the midterms. I think that you'll see that they will, uh, they'll make their move. And I think Feckless Joe, he won't do much of anything. He will talk a great talk. He'll tell the... Tell us that he's threatened China. China will ignore him, and that will be that. Uh, it's unfortunate, yeah. but I think I do think that's going to happen. Well, not only have they they you know put us in the crosshairs, but you know especially if you've got sons and daughters that are in the military, you know they've got to be on high alert right now. Yep, extremely high alert. I mean, if it were me, I would put the troops, uh, the people on high high alert, to answer uh, on you know, not even uh, a moment's notice mm. if we had to. Well, but I don't know that Joe's thought that far. I don't know whether he's thought that far either. I don't know whether he's thinking at all. That's the scary thing. You know, we put a, a guy who's got serious cognitive issues in the White House. Now, we, I, I say we've, we really haven't. We really haven't. I think that he was put in there by uh, a bunch of bad people. And I think that Trump was pushed out uh, by that same group. That's that's just me, but I don't think it was a, a a fair election. You may not like Trump. That's okay. That's it's, we're still a free country. But if you really look at the election, you got to wonder. You know, the ballots at three in the morning, the closing down of the of the polling areas at the same time in different states. I mean, they. All of a sudden, for the first time in the history of elections, they decided to close the election counting down and go home for the night so they could come back the next day fresh. When did that ever happen before? All my life, they would keep counting until the votes were counted. It could be two or three in the morning. Oh, no. yeah. And sometimes it went on for a few days, but yeah. they got it done. Well, uh, we have a, an awkward situation. You have to pray for our country because this guy is... He's, like I said, put us all in the crosshairs. And we. And by the way, he's emboldened, his lack of action has emboldened other countries. For example, this just in, Iran threatens to build nuclear warheads to turn New York into hellish ruins. Hellish ruins. That's a headline from today. Amid stalled Biden administration talks to rework the decertified Obama-area Iran nuclear deal, Iran is coming out to to threaten to build nuclear warheads and to turn New York into hellish ruins. I uh, believe they have enriched uh, uranium now with that reactor that's being built there. Yeah, what, what amazes me, though, Bill, is a lot of countries have nuclear weapons, and they but the, but Iran is in no no situation to be talking like they they're just rattling their sabers. They may have nuclear weapons. They may be able to hit Tel Aviv with their nuclear weapons. Hitting New York is a whole different thing. We've got mass. Oh. We've got massive defenses. By the time they launch it for New York, we'll knock it out of the sky and level Tehran. Right oh, yeah, now, but, you know, think of, think about it this way: it could come across the border undetected. Oh, that's true. And 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 some guy drives it in the trunk of his car. That's true. <laughs> that's or true. Or in a briefcase, and it doesn't take much to, yep. like I said. Uh, dirty up that place. And, you know, it's not just going to be New York. Well, I'm right next to it. So yeah. it was nice knowing you. <laughs> wow. You know, I forgot all about that, but that's so true. I'm thinking about nuclear missiles, and we may already have them placed in different uh, cities around the around the country. And how would we know? 
Well, if I were a betting man, I would say that that was an advantage that somebody took advantage of, uh, you know, not uh, not too long ago. Uh, I, I would I would venture to say there's probably something here that we don't know about. I mean, you know, look at all the the migrants that are crossing the border, man. They're crossing in such volumes mm-hmm. that you know, just the uh, Texas agricultural imports are being held up because of the traffic jams they, of all these migrants coming across. The Biden administration just said that they're going to finish some areas that were left unfinished. Of course, they're saying that they're cleaning up the previous administration's mess. That's how they're terming it. Uh, but yeah, if you'll well, remember... The spokesperson, yeah, you're building back the wall, and we're not building back the wall. Yeah, that's right. That, I, I listened well, to that piece of audio. Well, you heard Joe also say... I'm not going to add one more foot of that wall in my administration. That's what Joe yeah. said. I heard the I heard the audio. I don't have it. I'm not going to add one more foot. Uh, by the way, as, as far as threatening our country, uh, I mentioned Iran. You know, China, Iran. Uh, on Navy Day in in Russia, Putin has said that the United States is its main threat. Mm-hmm. So everybody's getting in on the game. Well, you know, we're still strong enough. We can take a licking and keep on ticking, but uh, how how far we can tick, I don't know. Well, with, with Biden in in charge, uh, and, and I really think something's going to happen with with Biden being the president. Uh, I think there's going to be something staged. I don't think it has anything to do with COVID, at least not right now. I think you know that is just that. That therapeutic that they give now, I think that's just a pharmaceutical money grab. That's mm. that, that's that's another big lie going Pax, on with Paxlovid. Paxlovid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when you look at somebody that's been back back sport time, Kamala, she got COVID, mm-hmm. and then she got that, and then she was fine, and then all of a sudden she tested again a couple of days later, positive, which is the history of that. So yeah, in other words, true. you got a vaccine a vaccine that doesn't work, so now you need the therapeutic after four vaccines. Right. That that shot will cost you well. It costs your insurance company five hundred fifty bucks, and that'll get you a few days, and then you're going to test negative again, and then or positive again, and then you need another one of that, and then you should be good to go until the next time that you need another therapeutic comes along, and that's another five hundred fifty bucks. So right there, that's eleven hundred dollars for you know the vice president and the president. Got a question for you. Okay, you take the Paxlovid, and you feel better, and you test negative. And you do what Joe did. You put on a nice, new, clean suit, and you head out into the world again and shake hands and do press conferences. And then the next day or two, you you press, you press test positive again. During that time, you were walking around did shaking hands. People? Did you infect people? Yeah. Probably so. Probably so, but it doesn't matter because the— uh the people that uh, own the pharmaceutical companies, they make hey, money on that, right? They're making big time money. Now you're going, well, my insurance company pays for it. Do you pay an insurance premium? Has your insurance premiums been going up over time? Mm. Of course they have. You got you got to love it. You got to love it. So you talked about the border. You talked about how things are coming across. One thing that I did not realize was brought to my attention over the weekend by the uh, ever so uh, smart Lara Logan. She was down in Arizona and she was uh, at some function and it was some kind of a debate and she brought this up. You got to hear this. They don't actually believe in citizenship. And now, when people come across the border illegally, I have this confirmed from Border Patrol agents who are actually physically doing this, they get given a social security number. They get assigned a social security number when they cross. I'm not sure how many of you are aware of that. And if you really want to know when the cheating starts, it's long before you get to the polls, right? I mean, think about it. It starts with the census. Starts with counting illegal immigrants in the census. How do you determine uh, how many members of Congress you get? Population size, right? So, obviously, you know, California has all these delegates at the at the Electoral College, and you don't just get more money from the federal government for your increased population. You don't just get more congressional candidates uh, representing you. But what else do you get? You get an opportunity to pad the voter rolls with people who uh, are being completely and utterly exploited. 
And there's one thing that I've, that I've learned as I've been investigating this is they love euphemisms, right? They love euphemisms because it's, it's all about democracy and if there's any form of voter security, that's voter suppression and racism and white supremacy. And if it's the other side, you know, anything we can do to get more people out to vote. But actually, when you, when you talk to the canvassers, they'll tell you that when they go into the low-income areas, you know, sometimes they're predominantly Hispanic, sometimes they're black, sometimes they're white. But that's where they find the most fraud. So what do you think of that? They're giving social security numbers to illegal aliens when they come across the border. She says uh, they love euphemisms, the Democrat Party, the left. And I I forgot, I I was thinking euphemism, uh, the exact definition, the substitution of an agreeable and inoffensive word or term for one that may offend or suggest something stronger. Euphemism. And that's true. They they are... uh, they love to soften the labels. They want to pretend they're not doing the damage they're doing. And you were saying about Social Security. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think you mentioned uh, a second. No, ago. I just said just in time for uh, the midterms. You know, uh, what a way to stack. Yeah. There, there, I think there's a lot of cards on the table here that, that are going on. You've got, of course, the thing going on with the border. Uh, you've got the gun issue. Well, you know, they've got so many fingers. And look, climate change is rearing its head, too. uh, New Mexico today is declaring an emergency. They don't even have, supposedly, 30 days of clean water. And if you look at the history of Lake Mead, which has been overtaxed for years since the beginning, even dating back into the 50s, they've had serious droughts out there that has depleted it to record lows. Now, just a week ago, we were right around that level. Now, all of a sudden, there's not even water to make it to the spillway. And wow. I'm sitting there going, okay, but the the problem is they have not come up with alternative solutions to supply Las Vegas, California. We talked you know, about this the other day. Yeah. They could use ocean water. They, yes, they, they could. put desalinization plants along the coastline and they could use ocean water for their water supply. But you know, where are critical races taking place um, in that region? And they could do, they could declare an environmental uh, emergency to where these people, you know, can't absolutely positively go. So that makes us rely on just strictly the mail. Wow. I mean, there's so many different things going on, and I'm I'm speculating there, but I'm going like, there's a lockdown right there if I ever saw one. Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked uh, a question during a press conference on Friday uh, about about the what they're doing as far as moving the illegals around the country. I thought her answer was kind of interesting. Listen. <laughs> What's the difference between Texas busing migrants to D.C. and the federal government flying migrants to, say, New York in the middle of the night in other cities? It's very different because we're not doing it as a, as using migrants as a political pawn. <laughs> They're not no, using no. migrants as a political pawn. With all due respect, this lady is just lost. Really, this lady is confused, and uh, she's out of her depth. Also, um... I don't know that you heard this last week, uh, Mayor Muriel Bowser of D.C. Oh, yeah. You know, she was offered troops during the January 6th protest, and she turned them down. She and Nancy Pelosi turned down the 20,000 troops. But here's what she asked for on Thursday. Listen. Well, we, we need space, uh, and we, we need the federal government to be involved. So I've asked um, for the deployment of the Guard, as long as we need the Guard to deal with the humanitarian crisis, that we expect to escalate. The number of people crossing the border seeking asylum, we expect to only go up. Uh, and we need to make sure that there is a national response, not an ad hoc city by city, state by state response. We know that the federal government does this because we see this type of response uh, with Afghan refugees, uh, and now we see it with people who are coming to the United States from Ukraine. 
So there is a robust federal response that helps people with transportation uh, on to their final destinations and in even getting them a, a legal route uh, to uh, work uh, and to a work permit. And we need a parallel system uh, for the increasing numbers of people that we will see uh, crossing the border seeking asylum. Understand that when it wasn't affecting D.C., she was a big supporter of illegals coming across. Just come on across. Really welcome here to do it. As many as we can take, we'll take. She was a big supporter of this until they started to show up in D.C., and if you'll remember the first busload bill, we we talked about this on our program. The first busload came across, and about 50 of the illegals got off the bus, and everybody in the media kind of chuckled. Well, <laughs> if this is all the, mm. they're sending, no big deal. Well, so far it's been 4,000 to D.C., and suddenly it's a very real situation for Muriel Bowser. And Eric Adams, another lightweight up in New York, who has done nothing but to encourage more illegal uh, aliens to come across our border. And now he's a little perturbed, too. He's not very happy with the number of illegals who have uh, made their residency New York City. This is a real burden on New Yorkers as we're trying to do the right thing. Uh, we already, as I stated, we already have an overburdened shelter system. So now we're talking about, as you stated, food, clothing, school. This is going to impact our, uh, our schools because we do not turn away individuals because they're undocumented. Uh, translation services. There's just a whole host of things that this is going to produce, and that's why we need, we need help in getting this done, and we need the right coordination to make it happen. I mean, the hypocrisy is just amazing how these people can, on one day they can be up there talking about uh, how wonderful it is that we have no borders, and as long as the illegals are going to your city and not theirs, they're fine. They're happy. Yeah, their final de destination, any, any, but anywhere but here is what she was saying. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know what? That is their final destination. <laughs> Deal with it, sweetheart. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we'll be watching that. We'll want to see what happens. They, I guess they're going to send some uh, National Guard to D.C. to, uh, well, I don't know what they're going to do down there. Maybe hand out food to the uh, illegals, but... Uh, I mean, what can she do? She can't send them back. I guess she could send them back when you think about it. She could oh, put she them all could. on a bus and send them back to Texas, return to sender. You know? Yeah, well, Texas don't want them. They, they came, you know, Joe has opened up a can of worms. These people that are here, they're here to stay. Let's just face it. We've got to s shut off the supply. We've got a reverse leaky bucket. Instead of people leaking out, they're leaking in. Have you noticed how many crimes are taking place now that we're reading about there would performed by illegals, uh, a murder here, a murder there. It, it's true. These people are not all nice people. I mean, you hear them say, oh, these families are coming across. A lot of these families aren't even related to each other, folks. Lots of times you see a, a woman and a, a man and children, and they're all from separate situations. Yes, they are. So uh, we don't know who's coming across. We don't know who's sending them. You ever notice, too, that many of them come across the border and they look like they just had a shower yesterday? They're clean-shaven. They're showered. You wonder, who was taking care of them on the other side? Then you realize that they were being taken care of by the cartels. The cartels were making sure they were taken care of. They Many times they were bussed up from Honduras. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we talk about the, the march across Mexico. Please, who are you kidding? So are, are, are any of them mules? I mean, the cartel, oh, come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure we have terrorists in this country now. Oh, I'm absolutely certain of it. And, you know, we talked about the, uh, the incoming flying nukes. I, I think they, uh, they, they're being delivered by car. Don't you think that what the administration has done is treasonous? Absolutely, but they're going to point the finger the other way. You got Hillary beating that drum, too, because she's no better. And everything is Trump's fault. Always has been. That's why they're cleaning well, up let's this see if I got it mess. right. Let's see if I got it right. The guy who built 99 and 44 hundredths percent of the new wall is Trump. The guy who had the lowest amount of illegals coming across the border in his four-year term was Trump. Trump. So tell me how this 
massive invasion on the border is Trump's fault. The guy who said, as soon as I'm president, I'm going to welcome with open arms anybody who wants to come across that border was Biden. He said mm-hmm. it during one of his one of the debates. I think Very it was a, a Democratic debate. No, Look, th- he's done everything that he said that he was going to do. He said he was going to take away guns. They're taking away guns. That new gun bill, it yeah. goes way beyond what you think it's going to do. And we already talked about it last week that they're innocently right now. I think they're testing the waters where, um, you know, the uh, uh, they're coming and knocking at the doors. You buy two guns in a day. Oh, well, you just you just ticked off the radar there, you know, and so they're going to come and verify you have those guns and whatever other guns you have. Once they see your guns, they can take them right away or they can come back and get them at will. The good news is that they need, I think they need 60% of the Senate to uh, to pass this and they, they don't have it. So it's going to die in the Senate, they believe. Of right. course, they've said that about a lot of things recently and it doesn't. It keeps coming back like a like a bad penny. Speaking of uh, bad moves in the Senate, Joe Manchin, he, he prom- got suckered. Oh, he promised he was never going to do this uh, Build Back Better bill and uh, Green New Deal bill that uh, they were promoting. Well, he did do it, and now he's trying to convince us that he did it for you and me. He did it for the betterment of us so that he could lower inflation. He could lower inflation by increasing our taxes. Listen. Let me start with something you said back in 2010 in a debate when you were running for Senate. Here's what you said. I don't think during a time of recession you mess with any of the taxes or increase any taxes. So that's become the, your Republican colleague's favorite quote to roll out now that you've made this agreement with uh, Chuck Schumer that has a tax piece to it. Why'd you change your mind? John, I didn't change my not, my mind. I've never changed at all. This is fighting inflation. This is all about the, the absolute horrible uh, position that people are in now because of the uh, inflation cost, whether it be gasoline, whether it be food pricing, whether it be energy pricing. And it's around energy mostly. It's driving these high inflation. This is going to do take care of that because this is aggressively producing more energy to get more supply to get the prices down. That's what we're doing. But we didn't raise taxes, John. The taxes were the corporate tax in America in 2017 before the Republican tax cut was 35%. They cut it to 21%, 14% reduction. All the people that I know are paying 21% or more. All the even larger corporations, but some of the largest corporations of a billion dollars of value or more don't even want to pay the minimum of 15%. So this is an All issue of fairness. Change, it's, it's basically closing. This is a fairness in closing a loophole. Yeah. So I'm not raising any taxes. I never thought that people weren't paying but at least 21. Let me ask you about and that. I don't know why. I mean, we went. Let me, let me ask you on the raising question. Okay, so I, I understand what you're saying about closing loopholes, but the, the Republican criticism, which attaches to what you said in 2010, is when you increase taxes by closing loopholes, you hurt supply. And during inflation, you want a lot of supply. And so even though this might not be a tax increase relative to previous rates, the taxes for certain companies will go up, which will make them produce more, so the theory goes, and that will hurt inflation. Let me just say this, John. In the last two years, there have been massive record profits across the board by these largest corporations, massive record profits. And it's been the lowest capital expenditure in the last two years. So that didn't drive it. What they've all told me, was we want security, we want to have some type of a, a pathway forward in permitting and regulations. They're strangling us. And this is what we're doing. We're streamlining the regulations that people have to live within. They're basically accelerating how we get things to market, how quick we can produce things, how quick we can basically produce more energy, and how we can develop more technology and using that for our benefit. We're talking about also batteries for electric cars. If you want to get a discount on electric car by buying an EV, the battery better be made in America. It better be sourced in North America. It better be processed. You're Republican. Okay, that's uh, John Dickerson with Joe Manchin. I found something interesting over the weekend. Do you know who lobbied him who? In, in recent days? Who really put a full court press on Manchin? Who? Bill Gates. Of course. So do you think there was any anything promised to Manchin under the table that we don't know about? I'm just saying. Oh, 
Definitely. But Manchin's lying through his teeth through this whole thing. And as far as them saying, well, you know, the tax thing, you know, Joe said he wouldn't raise taxes, but we're he's getting more taxes. He's getting more taxes because with the recession that's going on, with rampant inflation, things cost more. As things cost more, you have to pay more and you pay more taxes. Thus, that's a tax hike, whether you like it or not. So I think that this inflation and recession, it's all planned. Yeah, well... He can be counted on. And this is not, by the way, the first time that he's caved. When he said he wasn't going to vote for this Green New Deal bill, and everybody said, oh, isn't that marvelous? My first reaction was, give him, a, mo- give him a moment. Because he'll change his mind, trust me. And I'll be darned if he didn't. This guy is, this guy is uh, an empty suit. And you know what's going to hurt a lot of people in West Virginia? A lot of people in West Virginia, they can't afford a lot right now. They're going through tough times. The, the coal industry is hurting because of Biden's uh, Green New Deal. They've been hurting for a long time. Oh, and you know, when, but when Trump was in, in uh, office, it, it made a comeback. Mines opened up. Mining companies moved back into West Virginia. But since Biden has been there and he put the kibosh on all that stuff, there are people who are really hurting in West Virginia. And this guy... This guy just put uh, his foot on the neck of his own constituency, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So um, he is he's a not-to-be-trusted guy. But then but again— you know, they keep voting for him down there. So, you know, you say he put his foot on his own constituency, but they still vote for him. Well, Why, I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't hold my breath next election. Because after this, this is this is going to be such a devastating uh, bill for West Virginia. I don't think they'll forget this time. Did you realize that in the first year of the Biden administration, you got an eight thousand dollar check? Really? I. You know what? I must have missed the the rest of my check. Then I'd like it now, please. <laughs> he said in public on Friday, proudly that we all got $8,000 checks plus, plus, meaning more than $8,000, but we all got $8,000 checks. I didn't get an $8,000 check. You didn't get an $8,000 check. And not too many of us uh, can remember getting one, but this is the president on Friday. One of the things that I find is I, I, I look at and I take it very seriously, the... The, the confidence level of the American people in the economy and they're so down and they're looking. There's reason to be down, but I, I started thinking about it. And Brian and you and I talked about it just a little bit. You know, the first year we were able to, with the, uh, with the rescue plan, we were able to send them a check for eight grand. I mean, a check. One and beyond that, by the way, there's more than that. But with your make, if you're making 120 grand and you get a check for eight grand, that's a lot of money. And so it helped save a lot of people in terms of getting thrown out of their homes and, 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 and rental housing and a whole range of things. But I started thinking about it just as a, you know, somebody who's raised a middle-class kid. One year, even though you didn't have the job you have now, even though you didn't get a raise that year, the difference between having a job, having a 5% raise or whatever, three, five, seven, whatever it happens to be, in the face of inflation, price of the pump, although that's down every day so far, but you know, it's like, whoa, I feel worse off. But then again, I didn't get a check for eight grand from the government, They just among other things. Does that make any sense to, Anybody, or is it just me? It's just you. It's just yeah, you. It is so. just him. Yeah. yeah. It's just you. I think what he's confusing, though, is, and it wasn't right up front. Remember when they did a tax credit for your children? So let's say that you had, it was you, and you had three kids at two grand a pop, then you would have gotten a grand at that one particular You're point. being very kind. That's not what he said. That is not what he said. Yeah. No, you're exactly yeah. right. Uh, so, in in technicality, there uh, should have gotten fourteen grand. 
Well, he give him give him another week, and he'll tell you you he'll, did. He'll, yeah, he'll he, yeah he'll yeah. listen to the podcast. That's right. You know, when I was listening to that, I was thinking whoever is responsible for putting him in office should be charged with treason. Should be arrested at the very least, because this guy was incompetent. He was not functional from day one, and they knew it. They hit him in the basement. He didn't campaign like a regular candidate would campaign. When he did, he always got his foot caught in his, in his mouth. Well, here's the one for you. Anybody that voted for him and knew that he was incompetent when you voted for him, I think you're free game to get a good smack in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you <laughs> stupid! <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, that's don't don't go smack any Democrats. No, today. no, no. Please. Bill said I could go no, smack you. No. And, and if he do, it was Bill who suggested it, not Jim. Okay, no, no I'm just kidding. I'm Fred. <laughs> Thank right you, Fred. Fred. Uh, so Biden thinks we got a grand. I think we're in trouble because we got two more years of this guy. Two more years of him. I don't think he's going to make it. Two more years of him kowtowing to the Chinese. God forbid if Nancy goes to Taiwan and there's an international incident. You know, there are about five or six other Democratic representatives on that airplane with her. And I was thinking, God forbid if the Chinese take that plane down, there goes the Democratic majority. I'm well, they would freeze. They would freeze everything. There'd be no elections. We would all of a sudden, um, we'd be at war. Um, and it wouldn't be a pretty thing. No, it would not be a pretty thing. And Steve Bannon was interviewed over uh, over the weekend by a, a P, I think it was a PBS reporter, and right. he was talking about uh, the things that are happening. He thinks in the future and 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 why they're happening. And she got kind of uh, indignant. This this supposedly impartial reporter listen be the party of the working the backbone working of the united America. states the backbone of the united states of america has always been working class and middle class people what we have to do is have a party that understands their needs then particularly understands the ability of wages and i'm a protectionist i believe you have to have a strong manufacturing base and working class people middle class people and i got to tell you there's going to come a point in time that the family unit that i was so blessed to come up with with a mother that could stay at home with her five kids and a father who could work a blue-collar job as a foreman and pay for Catholic school. That day is ahead of us. All That's all policy. You're saying it's women want to go back to staying at home and raising kids and if men she, go if, back if, to the factories and working. If she so chooses, we ought to have that opportunity. One of the problems we have with family formation is that these economic policies has really let the world unfairly compete. Remember, here's the thing with millennials. They're like 19th century Russian serfs. They, they're, they're better shaped. They have more information. They, they're they're, they're better dressed, but they don't own anything. 5,000 years of the Judeo-Christian West was built around the family, built around you, you, you save your money, you're a good householder. We've shattered that. Millennials, millennials no, don't have a thing. chance. You're they're 20% 20, they're 20 behind their parents in the same point in life in, 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 in income. But that's about the economy. No that's not about the family unit. And no. what, what you're arguing no, for you're is an no, economy no, no. that is it's, backward, that is that is nostalgic and backward looking. Would, why wouldn't, but why not, wouldn't no, the economic Margaret, nationalists, Margaret, 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 Margaret,
She's probably at 11.15 this morning. She'll be doing that. $1 billion available to the states. Bring, bring your fork and knife and spoon for a word salad. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> we uh, need to give money because <laughs> weather changes. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. Well, you know, science is out there saying that they want to, there's, there's a, uh, I guess, a real rad thing that they want to try to do. They want to dim the sun. Oh, good. Good. How that, the that's hell good. do we do that? That's I, I'd really like. No, they're not going to really dim the sun. They're going to put a large pair of Foster Grant sunglasses around Earth? us. You see, that's what oh, they're going to do. Oh, is that what? That's I thought what, we're going to yeah. get some Venetian blinds or something. Just <laughs> um, open up, close. Liz Cheney is running for office. I think it's this is a very interesting piece. Liz Cheney is running for office again in in Wyoming for re-election, and. CNN, of all people, sent a reporter there to find supporters, people who were going to back Liz Cheney. Didn't have a lot of luck. Listen. Finish this thing. Let's go. At Frontier Days in Cheyenne, Wyoming, we found plenty of Republican voters bucking the Cheney name and vowing not to support Congresswoman Liz Cheney for her fourth term. Are you planning to vote for Liz Cheney? Can I cuss? Hell no. Are you planning to support Liz Cheney? Absolutely not. What are your thoughts about Liz Cheney running for a fourth term? Um, personally, I think she said for three too many. Keep in mind, in 2020, Donald Trump won about 70% of the vote in Wyoming. So Liz Cheney's work on the January 6th investigation isn't playing so well with many Wyoming voters. She's done us dirty. How so? how she's done Trump. I'm a, I'm a Trump fan. I'm sorry. So she lost your vote because of her role on the January 6th committee and what she's yes. doing about Trump? Yes. She's supposed to be supporting him. She's a Republican, for crying out loud. I find her work on the January 6th committee just repulsive. How do you feel about her work on the January 6th committee and her role? It's all a hoax. It's all propaganda. It has nothing to do with anything. It's a witch hunt. Well, she says she's defending what's important to people here in Wyoming, uh, upholding the rule of law, defending the Constitution. If that was the rule of law, why doesn't he have a defense team in that courtroom? That ain't the rule of law. That's a kangaroo court. That's not the Wyoming way. She has been an embarrassment. It's a witch hunt. Are you proud of her for taking on Donald Trump? No. Here in Cheyenne, more than 1,600 miles from Washington, D.C., almost everyone we spoke with told us they believe Liz Cheney is too focused on Donald Trump and the January 6th committee and not paying enough attention to what they believe matters to the people here in Wyoming. She doesn't know what her constituents want here anymore because she's lost touch with the values of the people. I don't feel like she supports her people here in Wyoming anymore. The things that she's voting for don't really reflect what the people here in Wyoming feel. Dean Dexter is one of just two Cheney supporters we found in the rodeo crowd. If they're going to bow down and kiss the ring, I think that I don't want that for my representative. I want somebody who, who has the Constitution first and foremost in their mind. We've talked to a lot of folks who say that she has lost their vote because of her role on the January 6th committee, but not you. No, in fact, I think... She's got it even stronger now. She's making a sacrifice. She is, she's uh, made a stand, and she's saying something is wrong, and, and I agree with her. And even though that has a tremendous personal sacrifice. Republican Sean McKee is also a Liz Cheney fan. How come you haven't turned against her like so many other Republicans? I believe that she has a lot of that integrity also. She wants to maintain the integrity of the state. She wants to make it to where it's not so much federally controlled. And while all of that sounds good for Liz Cheney, given what we heard from this crowd, it may not be enough to hand her a win. I wouldn't vote for her if she was the last candidate out there. Anderson, I reached out to the state Republican Party to see if they had a comment. As you know, they censured Liz Cheney after she voted to impeach Donald Trump. They don't even recognize her as a Republican. The party declined to go on camera, but told me in a statement the Wyoming Republican Party doesn't take sides in a primary election. We are neutral during this election. We do not back or oppose candidates. It's also worth noting that Liz Cheney's campaign has asked Democrats in Wyoming to switch their party affiliation to Republicans so they can vote for her in the 
Republican primary election in August. The state party also responding to that, saying they are committed to stopping Democrats from crossing over. And also worth noting that right now, Republicans outnumber Democrats here in Wyoming four to one. I would venture to say that that reporter would not have been allowed back into the CNN headquarters had she not had somebody on that on that uh, video that <laughs> was supporting she Liz had Cheney. To find somebody, but you yeah. know they they're, they're so blind out there. Well, you know we don't want to sit there and be under uh, you know rule of the of the government. Uh, you are, but the thing is, you have to understand. She said it in the uh, in the piece. Out of all of the people in the, in the video, it was like a, a state fair kind of a situation, but a lot of right. people, they only found two people, two people who were backing Liz Cheney. And well, they, what they tried, they did try to do, because I've heard a lot of interviews and there were some very intelligent people that said, no, I wouldn't back Liz. They did find as, as best they could, they tried to make Wyoming look like a backward state. Uh, and that's what. You know, the elitists do. Well, you don't know anything. You're not a uh, educated city dweller like we are, a swamp figure. I, I, I stumbled across this little piece of audio, uh, and I got to play it for you. It's only a minute long. It was done in 2018 by the RNC. 2018. All that right. means that Trump had been in office about a year and a half. He, and, and already they had been, they had, been so much of, of, of an effort to try to get him out of office. So many of the Democrats were unhinged and 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 tearing into him and making public statements that could have gotten a Republican arrested today. Okay, but they were Democrats, so it was accepted by the media and other politicians. Listen, this is called Democrats Unhinged from 2018. Listen. A few years ago, ideas that we talked about were thought to be fringe ideas, radical ideas, extremist ideas. Those ideas are now mainstream. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, in a gasoline station, you get out and you I mean, that was only in 2018, all those things that already happened. Uh, all, Maxine Waters threatening people. Go in, if you see him eating dinner, mm-hmm. go into and get in their face. Don't make them comfortable. They actually did that to Sarah Sanders, I think, about 2018. They, yeah. She was eating dinner in Virginia. and Different they all wanted, rules apply. Yeah, that's true. If, if, if it was the other way around, well, that would be a big deal. They're trying to get Trump right now. On the littlest thing, I think you mentioned uh, they're trying to make and make an issue out of the what presidential seal. He did a, he did a golf tournament, and uh, they had the uh, former president of the United States, Donald Trump. They had the presidential seal. By the way, Democrats, listen and listen carefully now. If you go back and look, any former de- uh, president can sit there and use the presidential seal as long as they are acknowledged that they were. He was number 45. He was the former president. He doesn't even have to say he was the former president. He doesn't have to say he was the president. Here's Donald Trump, presidential seal behind him. It is legal. Now, one of the things that Trump does since February of last year is he made his own presidential seal. That's true. And But it's not, it's not a copy of. How many times do you watch a movie, Hollyweird? Now they got money that's out there, and unless you read the really, really, really—I mean, really small print—right, um, you don't know that it's a fake bill, and yeah. it's an exact copy of real money. His is not an exact copy. He's allowed to do that. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. You're trying to take and twist laws that you can't do. You're looking for any little excuse that you can. Uh, season two 
of uh, January 6th. I think we'll be starting here in about a week or so. And they got a surprise witness. Yeah. It's somebody season, that over. Season no, two. <laughs> yeah, it's season two. And, it's a and, TV and show. They, 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 they've actually got somebody that's a surprise witness that, you know, overheard him after getting the word of what happened, going, he was he was not happy with what was going on. Well, how is that a sin that he felt bad about what was going on? Is that, that's not any admission of anything. That's just saying this isn't what was, you know, uh, what should be happening there. And we also know that the story that's coming out of the January 6th committee uh, is totally fake and erroneous. But that's just the way it is. There's people trying to connect dots that don't exist, and they're making, they're pontificating. Trump was down, not down, he was up in New Jersey at his golf course, Bedminster, over the weekend. Mm -hmm. They had a golf tournament there. And uh, people like Tucker Carlson and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Caitlyn Jenner, of all people, were up there uh, with him. And the crowd at one point decided to chant that ever-so-popular chant. That's at the uh, Bedminster Golf Course. Uh, they're chanting, uh, let's go, Brandon. You got to love it. And, and of course, Donald Trump was just uh, cheering him on, <laughs> almost yeah. like a conductor with an orchestra. Now, the liberal news is picking on that, saying, look at these nasty Republicans. How nasty are they? Because Democrats are so sophisticated. They never do negative means or, or make fun of anybody. Oh, yeah. But listen to these Republicans. I would like to remind you, Democrats, that it was a stupid Democrat journalist that made a mistake uh, and wasn't paying attention to their job that invented the Brandon phrase. So I just played a cut. You know, you, what you said is true. They would say, oh, we don't do that on our side. When they go low, we go, we go higher, right? That's, that's their attitude. But the fact of the matter is I just played for you a cut from 2018 where Maxine Waters is telling people to go out and get in their face and don't, don't let them be comfortable for a second. And we have uh, Chuck Schumer say, uh, you want to get Trump out? Crash his economy. So, you know, he's, on the recession. he wants yeah, a recession. You know yeah. Actually, that audio should be brought back in all the political campaigns for anybody running for a Senate seat. And anybody running for a congressional seat, you know, because he is he's the he's the big mouthpiece. Let his yeah. mouth sink the ship. Let him torpedo his own damn boat, because didn't he just incite? He gets angry like I'm getting angry right now, but I'm not saying, hey, go out there and chase Democrat cars off the road. Well, didn't he tell uh, the crowd uh, to go after Kavanaugh and Gorsuch yeah. on the on the steps of the yeah. Supreme Court? As a matter of fact, if anything bad happens to any of them, yeah, I would say right now that he should be shackled, handcuffed, taken in. That will never happen. Let, let me tell you another thing that happened over the weekend. There's a guy who was a CNN cameraman, an ABC cameraman, and I think a CBS cameraman, too. He worked for all of the, the different networks. Well, he threatened the life of Matt Gates. He threatened him. And his potential children, because I don't think Matt's uh, married or has kids yet, but he literally threatened their life. It's not like he insinuated it was a definite threat. Well, he was arrested some time back. Well, they found him guilty, and they charged him with house arrest. House oh, arrest nice. for a guy who threatens the life of a congressman. Now, if it was... Uh, the other, the way, other way, around, way around, me. If it was you who threatened the life of of uh, a Democrat, you you would be in the D.C. Gitmo with the other people who were stuck there. I would there. be buried under the cornerstone of the jail. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's true. Hey, we've done it again. Another great show down the uh, proverbial hopper. <laughs> I hope you have a great day. You have any plans for today? I mean, you do do anything special? Uh, uh well, I hate to say it. I'm actually. Uh, you know, the Silverado, the truck. I yes. got to get it fixed. Uh-oh. Got some bad gas. Uh-oh. Yeah, bad no, gas. I'll, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you. Yeah, not that kind of gas. Uh, it wasn't me and a burrito on Sunday. No, what happened is is uh, I had a check engine light come on, and the truck is three and a half years old, you know, and I'm sitting there going. I thought it was you and a burrito on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I would never buy it. I'm not even going there. But either way, <laughs> I had noted the other day when I went to go get gas, yes. you know, there's 87, 89, and 92 octane. Of course. And, you know, the cheap gas now, the Biden gas. Yes. Is like four thirty five a gallon, sure. which is not cheap, but it's okay, that's what it is. And, you know, I got that. That, you know, the truck burns that, burns it fine. Every once in a while I'll put the eighty nine in there. But you know, the it, I did find it odd that it was going from four thirty five to five forty five for the two percent octane change. Water is cheap. <laughs> well, exactly. I went in to ask why. I you know, when I went to you know, get gas. I was going, well, that, that check engine light went on, which obviously uh, the O2 sensor went mm -hmm. kaput because of crap in the water. Well, it turns out there's a lot of ethanol in that gas and uh, water. And I said, what the hell's going on with that? They said, oh, yeah, all that gas that's coming in. And there's only one place to get the gas that's not really contaminated, but you're not paying that price. You're paying a higher price. Watch out for the gas. Make sure what you're putting in your car because you don't know because for me, it's an O2 sensor. The cheap gas. I can take out your... Yeah. Could have water in it. Uh, there's not a could. It does. Wow. This is Joe's answer to uh, the fuel crisis. <laughs> water the fuel down that we have. You well, no. We're, we're giving the good stuff to China. Of course we are. <laughs> Don't you forget it. <laughs> so you know. Yeah. Uh, I want a rebate check for that, Joe. You know, you're uh, the reason. I'll give you another $9,000, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to pay for it. It's the invisible check that we don't get. Friends, have a great day. And with a little bit of luck, we'll be back here again tomorrow on It's Another Day. Have a good one, my friend. I'm going to. You'll be good, too. See ya.